Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by RPAL Gary at Partscaster Concierge. Gary offers custom designed Partscaster style builds and bodies catering to upscale DIY builders. Concierge services are included with every project to ensure every build is perfectly tailored. Gary can assist with design concepts, electronic configurations, hardware selections, and everything in between. Now, every DIY builder is working at a different knowledge or skill level, so Gary offers these services on an as-needed basis, so he can be as involved in your build as you need him to be with help sourcing parts or even advice during your finishing or assembly phases. Gary offers flat top, contoured or edge routed bodies for bolt on necks, as well as custom pick guards, necks, pre setups and other parts and services through builders and guitar techs within Gary's ever growing network. So if you're on the hunt for a sick custom parts caster project, check out at Partscaster Concierge on social media or partscasterconcierge.com. smack on my wide crack here we go again the <laughs> fifth or sixth interview of the day i told you they're getting dumber. they're getting worse and worse and, and worse we're here with bunsen bernie of funston guitars <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us man i told you it wasn't gonna be smart nickname. normally we all three would get nicknames but al is like you said not that clever he can't think of five or six, seven different nicknames. I, I'm good us. with that one. It's, yeah. it's, it sounds it's, fine. It's three nicknames every 20 minutes if, if we're doing it <laughs> traditionally. So it's just the guests getting the nicknames today. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I to tell you. I thought Bunsen Bernie was like, kind of. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. That's off the, off the fly. It's it's very good. I think for, for today, it's the best one yet. I, absolutely. Absolutely. You <laughs> didn't insult the man. It's no. good. <laughs> I, for, for Chuck from... Uh, McDermott guitar. Uh, don't uh, repeat. I did it. a real dumb one for his. So yeah. <laughs> if you listen to his interview, it'll yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, <laughs> super stoked. Thanks for doing an interview with us, man. My pleasure. Man. Great, great to be here. Uh, so, Casper. Mm. Yes. What's the burning question leading your mind right now? Well, I have lots of questions actually. Okay. So, um, but let's kind of lead off with the uh, the typical um, like how long you've been building guitars. You're obviously at the Victoria Guitar Show, so you're local to Victoria, yeah. Uh, pretty pretty local. We're we're based in Sydney. Okay. My shop is in Sydney, and uh, I've been building for about twenty years. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. All right. Okay. Everybody else we've spoken to is inside a decade. Ah. Yeah. That's that's a lot of experience, man. So how did you get your start? That is a great question. I'm sorry if I clear my throat into the mic, but um, it's all good. Worst things have happened. Yeah, that. definitely. Okay, good. <laughs> um, it started a long time ago when my kids were quite young. I have three three children, a, a girl and two boys, and for a birthday, they came down one morning with uh, a book on guitar making, and said, "Dad, we think you should make guitars because you love music, you like science, and you like to build things." And I had never thought of guitar making. And I started thumbing through this book and I realized it was like a bolt of lightning that this is exactly the scale of, of work that I wanted to do. That's amazing. And they had put three things together that were uh, incredibly insightful for three small children. They were six, eight, and 10 at that point. <laughs> That's re- Wow. And apparently the conversation started by uh, my wife asking my 
kids, what should we get dad for his birthday? And my daughter had said, let's get him a guitar, a new guitar, because I used to play ditties for them. And my wife said, well, they're very expensive. And so my son, my middle son, who was a very good guitar player, he said, well, you can buy kits on the internet to build a guitar. <clears throat> so they went and looked at that, and they were almost more expensive than the guitars. This is yeah, some of them. This is twenty years yeah. ago. This is twenty years ago. Yeah. And so my youngest son said, "Well, why don't we get him a book, and we'll do a certificate um, for the wood for his first guitar?" Which, of course, I had to pay for. Um, <laughs> and so they did. They they drew up a little certificate and said, "Dad, we think you should make guitars, and here's a certificate." And I started building, and I shipped off after uh, about a year to um, a shop a guy called Sergey De Young, who's a really renowned uh, guitar builder. He'd been building almost 50 years by then and uh, learned a huge number of, of really helpful tips. And mm -hmm. I've been with it ever since. Wow. No kidding. That's amazing. Man, your kids know you well. <laughs> I, I still, to this day, it's the greatest gift they've ever given me. And their insight just astounds me. Well, they owed you one. Yeah, that's a that's an incredible thing. For I wish, man, I wish my kids would do something cool like that. Yeah, the connection I would never have made myself. I, I, no. <laughs> I try not to make an inappropriate joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. I try to be not. I mean, I usually I'm straight for the inappropriate jokes. Yeah, but when it comes to your kids, I try to not do that because like, <laughs> then it just comes off as like really <laughs> doinkish and stupid and, and cruel, even. Yeah. <laughs> No man, that's 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 incredible. Like, what a and so that was the beginning of the journey. Then if they, a, a book is a gift and a and hey dad, you should do this. So yes, I, I, I've, I'm a little at a disadvantage. I haven't had time to swing by your booth, and I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. Um, I know you did, mm -hmm. Casper. Yeah. Um, so are you are you primarily acoustic focused? That's the other part of of this gift that I think they um, they really un underestimated when they gave it to me is I was so fascinated by building guitars I began to read everything I could find, and I decided I wouldn't limit myself. I started building classical guitars, uh, then I moved to steel string acoustics. I do them both. I then moved to flamenco guitars. Mm. Uh, I do a whole range of solid body and hollow body electrics. Um, I build mandolins. Uh, I think I mentioned beautiful mandolins. Okay, so if it's got strings and it resonates, you're pretty much the only thing I haven't built um, is is a bass guitar. I haven't had an interest in bass guitars for some reason, and uh, they're just bassists. I, 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 I could be bassist. <laughs> that, that is true. But uh, for now, I've I've got uh, that that array, and um, that keeps me busy. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Wow. That's so. Okay. I'm not going to ask you to list off the models then, because that sounds like it'll be... Uh, yeah, we'll be here all day. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so in that time then, I mean, 20 years is a long time. Um, how many guitars over the years do you think you do, say, per year? Or like what's kind of like a... If you had to pick a total, if it just round... Or unless you keep track, I mean, how many guitars do you think you built? That's... It's a really good question. I, I started off, and I when I first started reading about the history of guitars, I was always amazed by companies like Gibson and others that had these weird serial number problems where you couldn't really tell mm -hmm. when the guitar was made. Um, I started, of course, like most, putting sequential serial numbers on. And then I got into this weird um, habit of actually using dates and other significant numbers for my serial numbers. So I can't tell you how many I've done. Um, and that started, I think you and I were talking earlier about this one that was built and presented to Vladimir Putin, of all people. <laughs> and uh, I used the date of presentation of that guitar, which was the 22nd of September, 2011. 
Uh, and that caught See, me on this this trend. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you said presented to. Yeah. This, so did like somebody bought him one of your guitars or? How? Yes, and and it was presented to him actually um, in 2011. Those were in the days when Vladimir Putin was still hopefully going to be a good guy. <laughs> and, and I, I got I to be honest. Um, I think we were going to try we, and side skirt We've been this, told like, that you'd yeah. sold a guitar to Putin. And we were like, maybe we'll just stay away from that. We don't. <laughs> well, it, it was for actually an incredibly good cause. Um, it was commissioned by an organization in Norway. And Putin had given some signals that he might be open to collaboration and cooperation in Arctic affairs in particular. And that was very big for Norway and, of course, for Canada and the U.S. and, and other countries that formed this organization called the Arctic Council. And so they called me in July of 2011 and said, uh, are you still building guitars? And they had seen a few of my guitars. And I said, yeah. And they said, can you build one by the middle of September? And I said, no, that's just not enough time. I got three trips to Alaska and I'm going to Finland. I'll be here, da, da, da. And he said, oh, that's too bad because we wanted to present it to Vladimir Putin at this big Arctic conference in Russia in September of 2011. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll get started right now. <laughs> and I went down, and the, the idea was to promote Arctic dialogue and Arctic cooperation. And so this one had a number of themes that were very Arctic in nature. The rosette is a polar projection. If you were standing up at the top of the North Pole or 100 miles above the North Pole or 1,000 miles above the North Pole looking down on the Earth, it's the, the slice of water, ice, and land at the Arctic Circle. So each oh. of the eight Arctic countries are represented. And it's made of reconstituted stone and mother of pearl. So the ice is white. The water, of course, is this blue stone, and the, the land is red stone. Wow. And those are the colors of the Russian flag, white, blue, and red. Yeah. And then wow. the, the fretboard is, is um, inlaid with a very lovely uh, power shell that represents the northern lights. And on the fingerboard, there are three, as fret markers, there are three banners made of mammoth ivory, which I actually got in Russia. And they are in the Cyrillic alphabet, so they look like Russian, but they're actually ancient Greek. And the first one is knowledge, the second is dialogue, and the third is harmony. And so this was called the uh, Arctic Cooperation Guitar. That was what it was intended to do. And it was presented to, um, to Putin. The, the, the label inside the guitar is in both Russian and English. And um, I, I got someone in Russia to do the translation for me. And it was, they flew me over to Norway. And then the Norwegians took it in. And the Secret Service, of course, in Russia, mm. FSB, had to inspect it, make sure yeah. it wasn't loaded with anything illicit. <laughs> yeah. And it was presented to, to Putin, um, the, the president of Iceland and the prince of Monaco and a couple of other dignitaries wow. uh, in 2011. I mean, it, it, it sounds like it, at the time, like what a, what a wonderful, you know, pro, like project and what a wonderful thing to, to kind of be hoping for, for the future and stuff. And, um, well, it's kind of a bummer. Well, <laughs> he, he somebody somebody should everybody. remind him that he hasn't. Yeah. Hey, guy, you, well, <laughs> there's hope there for all. Sounds like it was a beautiful instrument, too. Uh, Incredible. As, I used to joke when people asked me about it, uh, if they had the, the nerve to ask me about it, I would say, well, uh, Vladimir was about to start a band called Vlad and the Impalers. Unfortunately, <laughs> that has, has come true. But I don't see him sitting in his dacha outside of Moscow playing Joe Maez songs on it. I don't no. think that's, that's happening. Yeah, so. yeah I, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, do you, do you get mad at Monet when you see one of his paintings hanging up in the Iraq yeah, palace yeah. or something? Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. 
No, yeah, exactly. It was for a good cause. And um, unfortunately, it, uh, like many good causes, didn't pan out. Ah, that's too bad, man. That That is... I, I wasn't aware of the entire story, and I'm actually I'm glad it came up. I'm glad it came up too. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't want to bring it up because I was like I, I have no idea what the story is. I I yeah, with the political ramifications of a lot of uh, Putin talk these days, it could be kind of one of those like, oh Lord, I let us down a dark thing. Yeah. No, no, it's, 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 it's very I mean, interesting, very cool, and important to connect this stuff, um, uh, you know, back to reality. Because one of the things that um, it's very poignant for me is that my mother is from Ukrainian background. My, my grandparents moved to Canada when uh, the Bolshevik revolution hit and they oh, were wow. very frightened about what was happening. And I think now what I need to do is build a, a Ukrainian guitar that goes, I, I saw a news article about a young guy, a young kid who was, I think lost his parents and is a, an avid guitar player. And if I could find some way of connecting with him and getting a, guitar into his hands that would be hmm. some retribution but i also i and this is just sort of of a kind of story i, I once approached a, an american guitar magazine about this guitar and said look would you be interested in a story on it and they said you know i guess i can say this on air but they said no putin's a kid we're not gonna have anything <laughs> our magazine about him and so that was the end of that but um, just when i started my shop here in uh in sydney a few years ago, because we moved out from uh, Eastern Canada, um, I was approached by a company that is trying to foster use of a very sustainable wood, and it's a wood I had never come across before, called polonia, which is incredibly yeah. light, incredibly soft, and they wanted instruments made of this wood. Um, I've seen it popping up. I, I Coloma Guitars has used polonia. They, they might have. Yeah, I think uh, it's, uh, it's hard to Trevor get. Trevor Vigilant as well has. Yeah, he may have found some for, for a body, but I um, was given a box of this wood. This was in uh, late August 2020, and the wood came from J President Jimmy Carter's plantation in, in Georgia. Oh, wow. And I was asked to make, for this collection, there's nine instruments, I was asked to make two mandolins. And uh, I remember getting the box on a Thursday, I think it was like 21st of August or 28th of August or something like that, <clears throat> and they... They were organizing it out of uh, the project out of L.A., and the guy in charge of marketing uh, called me the next day, and I said, well, look, when do you need these? What's the latest possible date? And he said, well, can you have them by Friday? <laughs> I, was, I said, you don't understand guitar making or, or mandolin making. Yes, anyway, but they will be solid body <laughs> and fretless. I did, I did get them built, and, uh, and they went off three weeks later to Nashville, and a wonderful musician by the name of Sierra Hull, uh, who is just a prodigy on, on mandolin. She played this tribute concert uh, with a, a number of other people, Guns N' Roses and and others uh, wow. were involved, uh, the Indigo Girls. And uh, uh, they did a concert for Jimmy Carter on his 96th birthday on October wow. 1st, 2020. He's a really cool dude. So okay. all of that to say, you know, I probably should change the name of my company to... Uh, Dictators and Democrat guitars. <laughs> <laughs> it's cover the field. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and depending on your political leanings, uh, somebody might say they're both. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Carter was the rock and roll president. Yeah. So everybody loved him. I, I actually really, I, I, I really admire the guy. The the fact that like, I mean, the dude still spends any spare time he has doing Habitat for Humanity stuff. It absolutely. He clearly does not need the, you know. 
the good rep points at this point in his life. That's right. So yeah. it's, it's obviously a belief for him, and that's pretty cool. Um, well, we're going we're to wrap it up here, but where do people best find you? Where do they find me? Uh, Funston Guitars uh, on the internet or on Instagram if, if they want to get in touch. And Funston is, uh, I, I, I'm going to let you spell it, actually. I'm not going to screw it up. It's pretty pretty standard. It's, it's written on his... I know his arm's <laughs> covering it from my, my angle. It's, I it's, went to go there, and then I was like, crap. Uh. F-U-N-S-T-O-N. So tons of fun. Um, and, and that's uh, at Funston Guitars on Instagram. and That's right. Or just uh, Funston Guitars at Gmail. Uh, dot com, uh, which is my my email address. You can find me there. And uh, awesome, always interested. And uh, you know, one of these days, I might even get energetic and try to start a school of guitar making. That would be a lovely thing. That would be that would be amazing, yeah. man. But that it's a big time really commitment. Great. Well, maybe Casper will buy one of your instruments, and you can say you've built guitars for dictators, Democrats, and dummies. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Al. It was right there. No, it was right there. <laughs> that was a stretch. You had to like set it up and everything. Oh, it was I just terrible. You know, I, yeah, never mind everything. There's yeah, yeah, nothing. Jokes here, and they're all going to go downhill. So I'm just going to walk away. <laughs> let's let's uh, take the high road. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> thank you so much, man, for sparing your time and leaving a very busy booth to to come and hang with well, us for a bit. Thank you, guys, and uh, great service you're doing for the music community. Oh, thank you. They That's awesome. Love. Yeah, man. My goodness, Mr. Casper, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Uh, we are here with the masterful Michael Dunn. Um, I'm really excited to have you on here. Meredith has spoken very highly of you from uh, Coloma Guitars. And mm-hmm. uh, we're really excited to be able to be here with you at the Victoria Guitar Show. Well, it's nice to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Well, uh, well, it's just a short little interview, just uh, like every other one we've done. We've done a whole lot of them today. Man, it's getting mm-hmm. tiring. But, uh, yeah, so it's going to be pretty basic, but, you know, we just want to know how you got, got started and, and uh, how long you've been in the game. Well, I've been in the game 55 years, so that uh, sort of makes me the old man of the... Just recently, <laughs> then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just getting going. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I started to work in Vancouver in a guitar shop. And there's a long story to that, but I won't go into it. But the owner of the guitar shop owned a small guitar factory in uh, Mallorca in Spain. And I went over there and spent three years. And I served an apprenticeship under uh, two third-generation guitar makers. I trained as a classical and flamenco guitar maker. Um, and then I eventually branched out into doing jazz guitars and, and uh all kinds of plucked string instruments, lutes, and I've made a few mandolins, and mostly guitars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I really got into the gypsy guitar, which is the the uh, type of guitar that was played, say, by Django Reinhardt and the, okay. the French design instruments. And uh, that was just kind of coming on board, and uh, I was probably the first uh, uh, person in... Uh, first luthier in, in North America to make the gypsy guitars on this side of the pond. I'll take that back if you could find a, <laughs> a, 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 um, a pre-1968 gypsy guitar made in, in this end of the world. But anyway, <laughs> and then I just uh, kept, you know, I get the orders. And I, then I made uh, Weissenborn uh, slide guitars and, and harp guitars. And yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Crazy. I, I, uh, 
I, I, I feel a little silly saying this. I didn't have a darn clue what a Weisenborn was until only like three years ago. And I, I, I was to just a day a, years old when I found out. I got to do a show <laughs> with a guy named Martin Harley, and he's a brilliant slide player, and he uh, pulled out a couple of Weisenborns at his show, and it was a wonderful new experience right there. They're, <laughs> yeah, he says they're very di- difficult to make. Um, and I didn't find the Weisenborn difficult to make, but I got I was lucky I got hold of uh, I was able to look at maybe a half a dozen original Weisenborns, and it didn't take too long to figure out what yeah. they worked. That would help, yeah. Um, and that type of guitar is, was kind of dormant for many years. Uh, they were using Hawaiian music. Yeah. And uh, when Hawaiian, you know, this there was a, a big movement in Hawaiian music uh, all throughout North America in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. Uh, and then the Weisenborns kind of... Uh, went by the wayside a little bit um, because they were superseded by the national yeah, yeah. Steel, Restophonic yeah, or whatever they were. Restophonic guitars, which was the ultimate mm-hmm. slide guitar ever invented. And they're still, that's much the same way today. But the Weissenborns had a, a nice woody sound to them. And it's a very different sound. I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if I could say the the national style is the ultimate because uh, comparing it to a Weisenborn is it's kind of like comparing a Strat to a Les Paul in a way. It's yeah, just a it's just it depends on, on first of all on who's playing it, mm. and then what what you approach to playing it is it, it is that. But the 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 national tricone Hawaiian guitars been I don't think has ever been surpassed mm. for just sheer output and uh, and volume. You know the the search for the search for better sound has always been very closely allied, if not driven by the search for more volume. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. everybody, uh, and then until the uh, until electric amplification was invented, mm-hmm. uh, people just tried to make louder and louder guitars. That was the louder. Some interesting. The louder things, the yeah. louder the guitar could be, the more control you had over playing it with a yep. different tone color and and. Uh, Harshness or softness or whatever. Yeah. Your, even your your playing attack style would have a, a, a greater a yeah. greater. Uh, range. That was the whole thing with yeah. the gypsy jazz ones, with the large uh, labouche as, as it was. You know the. Yeah, the, the well, those guitars had a, the D hole. Yeah. The grand bouche. Uh, had a resonator. Yeah. <laughs> had a resonator inside. Really. It was a, an interior sound box, and the the there was a reflector built into that D the top part of that D hole, and so the. Uh, and McAfee's original invention, patented, was a secondary sound box which practically filled the whole interior of the guitar. And his idea was to put that, that, that when you play the guitar, when your body when it's resting against your body, you're dampening the resonances. Mm-hmm. So if he built a, a secondary box on the inside with say what he used to call a false back, that wouldn't have any effect. But you were pressing against your body because the back. Inside back was giving you still able to deflect the yeah, and then there was the the, the resonator, uh, the, the reflector, which which helped project that. I think I watched a, a little documentary on YouTube maybe three weeks ago about uh, it was Machiavelli or, or Machiavelli. Machiavelli. Machiavelli was sorry, Machiavelli. Else. That's the, <laughs> something yeah, else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's another. another That's a whole different <laughs> thing. There's a lot of stuff on that. Yeah, for another time and another day. <laughs> uh, um, but I think I watched a documentary on on those guitars and how rare the original ones are 
And there's actually a pawn shop, I want to say in like Chicago or something like that, that has like a couple of them just sitting up on their wall. They don't, they're not for sale. They're just, it's a pawn shop that's been around for about a hundred years and they've got a couple of them just up there as uh, original McAfee's that are in good shape are just worth the, you know. Yeah. Small fortunes. Yeah. Not even small fortunes. Not even small fortunes. They probably have a fairly hefty fortune actually. Yeah. Yeah. But then they stopped, they, in 1930, McAfee was the sort of foreman, if you will, in, in uh, Selmer's shop, it was the guitar-making part of Selmer, which is mm. the side, the, the horn people. Right. And um, so they produced the guitars. And then in 1934, McAfee and Selmer had a contractual dispute, and McAfee quit. And uh, get the rise of the, the, Selmer. Selmer, the Selmer guitar had to be changed from the McAfee because McAfee had the patent on the sound box and the so they lengthened the string and made a small oval and uh, that w- became the Selmer guitar so mm-hmm. most of the uh, uh, a lot of the guitars you made I mean, it's far more Selmer guitars made than were ma- actual McAfee yeah they're yeah. certainly more common to see yeah for an uncommon guitar <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's and there's still people making Selmer style Stuff. I well, don't know. I, I, I do a lot of Selmer style. Yeah. I do a lot of McAfee style with the sound box. And I've modified his sound box idea for over the years. I, I took that. I was kind of fascinated by it. I, I took the ball and ran with it. Yeah, it kind of sounds really fascinating, yeah, actually. Yeah, super interesting. I uh, uh, have probably made 250 guitars with interior sound boxes in them. Wow. And uh, I discovered that if I made the sound box uh, smaller than his, I got a different response in the treble range. Mm. And then I realized that I could make a guitar in which you could play the treble. The higher up you go, the louder the guitar gets. Interesting. Yeah, there's, no, there's no fall off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the reflector helps pr- project the, the higher resonances because the higher resonances fall off yeah. going through the air. And so you ne- the reflector would help project these. Huh. Now the the... Um, so my guitars would have, say, for argument's sake, a mandolin-sized sound box inside. Okay. Um, and, you know, the high E is where the mandolin starts, the open-tuned mandolin. Mm. So I would think above there goes through the smaller sound box. And so you have a, 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 um, a much better projection on the top end. Yeah, that's like kind of the dream, isn't it? Because I find trying to play, because I have a, f- a bit of a hearing deficit, so when I'm playing in the higher frets, I can't really. It does just it just falls off. Yeah, and that's probably yeah. just a, hard to hear. a part of the d- well, part of the part instrument. Part of it is your ear, your hearing, which uh, is, is terrible. The, top, the first <laughs> part, the first part of your hearing is the top end to go. Yeah. And I know I've just purchased hearing aids last year. So yeah, I just had my hearing tested too, and I I think I drop off at about four thousand hertz. But they're, they're helpful, though. Yeah. Uh, most of my, my mom's side of the family is uh, all very hard of hearing, and uh, they're, all, they're also very stubborn farmers. And uh, <laughs> so it took, uh, <laughs> took a couple of decades to convince most of them to do I the hearing aids. I can still and, uh, hear the tractor. And it sounds uh, like it's working just fine. <laughs> what do I need to hear in a beet field? Yeah. Um, the interesting thing about the uh, uh, hearing aids is that my guitar sound terrible and any guitar sounds terrible to the through the hearing aids mm. i cannot wear them and, and play the guitar no way i had the uh i had the hearing specialist he tell me why and because it's not actually t- playing you the sounds you know 
it's playing it's it's changing it so that because your brain doesn't know how to how to hear it anymore. That's like I've got really bad ten, uh, tinnitus. So that's changed things so to the, hear frequencies. You, you so hear. it's changing the frequencies to make to retrain your brain around the deficit. It's really so. Yeah, you're not even I, hearing I, I actually. Yeah, I don't have a better way to explain it, but I can tell you that if I play, especially on the treble strings, I'm hearing as if my guitar had a tremolo on it. Uh-huh. There's a vibrato wow. to it that, that just That's doesn't so, change. Yeah. It's, it's god-awful. I That's thought bizarre. the first time I heard it, I thought, my God, this guitar sounds terrible. Did I ever, how did I ever get away with oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> making guitars that sound this bad? Oh, oh, sorry. Sound, no, it's funny. I, I, yeah. I, you know. Anyway, that is yeah, is what it is. Wow. I, uh, yeah, I just haven't, I haven't brought in, or broken down and bought them yet. Uh, you should. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. That was the thing with my, my mom's side of the family. Once they finally got through the stubbornness and, and one by one started adopting them, they, they, all of a sudden they <laughs> like, oh, this is much nicer most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm still stubborn. Can't yeah. make, well, can't make me do it. Yeah. I, I'm adopted. I was spared the, the hearing challenges of that, yeah. that side. Uh, thankfully I did enough damage to myself and my, uh, 20s your hardcore days playing rock music way too loud yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's self and self-inflicted punishments is what that is yeah <laughs> um 55 years man do you, do you do you have an idea of how many instruments you've built in that time i've numbered them all consecutively i meant I'm so you six, knew you know exactly six, <laughs> 680 wow oh, wow 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 that is a lot of guitars and that's that's a that's a lot of evolution too hey would you say yeah, yeah, I've, uh, you know, once I'd, I I would get grounded in the tradition of Spanish guitar making, mm. and then, you know, I learned all those rules, and I learned a lot of other rules about string instrument making, and then when you get to know them all, or you think you know them all, you start being able to figure out how to break them, mm-hmm. and still make it work, Yeah. so you can make a, a, you know, some odd, odd-looking instruments, or, uh, um, or you, you just learn to work or break the rules or bend them and, and uh, it frees you up a lot mm-hmm. you know that there's stuff you can't do and stuff you can yeah I think we were having a, a discussion about a couple of other luthiers that we know that are kind of they're not they're not yeah. classically trained in but you know say by a by a, a luthier school or an apprenticeship or something to this effect and they begin by breaking all of those <laughs> you know, by not no, just be out of out of yeah. naivete and not knowing them. You learn um, the rule by finding out what doesn't work and by yeah. screwing something. Yeah, by you create a lot of firewood. <laughs> I, I taught guitar making course at Douglas mm. College in New Westminster for eight years. Wow! And I started my students off. I said, "We got to do. We're all going to do the same guitar, classical guitar, from a single set of plans. To in a traditional way, they're supposed to be done." And the second guitar, if you want to change something, don't change more than one or two things. Because you won't be able, if you change five things in it, you won't be able to, and it sounds different, you won't be able to attribute what the change what was. What the changes was. So you make your changes gradually. Yeah. Wise. Yeah, wise thinking yeah. there. Yeah. Gasper and I, uh, earlier last year, or kind of actually in fall, winter, we, we did a, a series of episodes on building your own guitar, parts guitars type thing, mm-hmm. which are out there on the table that we were sitting at. And uh, I, I totally made that mistake. <laughs> I, I built a 
an okay amount of you know my own custom things before, and with this one I went way too far with making changes and all these wackadoodle ideas I had, and uh, I ran into a lot of trouble. I had a lot of problem solving on my hands because yeah. it almost seems like up it was against the things like backtracking oh, to the mistake you made. And go, yeah, oh. that's why they do it that way. And I should <laughs> try, try not to make more than one mistake at a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real pro with your yeah. tip. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good pro tip. I made about eighteen, yeah, uh, and yeah. then those eighteen created somewhere in the thirties, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, a lot of problem solving. Um, well, are you on social media? Do you have a web page? Where do people? I do not have a web page anymore. I used to have a great web page. It was made by a friend of mine, and then it it something went wrong with it, and by that time, uh, the Adobe or whoever it was stopped supporting that type of web page flash and, uh, I, I, I said just let it go I'm, mm. I've, uh, you know, don't but it was a great web page it had <laughs> all kinds of bells and whistles on it which I have no idea <laughs> so if, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you or reach you where, where would be the best uh, place you to Google, do you, you Google my name it'll come up in different places I have a Facebook page and um, so that it, yeah I'm, okay. I'm not hard to find in the guitar world that's, yeah. that's for sure but uh, I just stopped with the the actual web page. Right. On. Okay. Perfect. Well, uh, Michael, uh, thank you so much for for sparing us some time. Oh, it's yeah. incredibly busy out there. We we really appreciate that you came in and sat down with us. And we'll go out and see what's see what's happening. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. very welcome. Thank you. It's our pleasure. <laughs>